Jesus, I am yours. This morning we're in week number three of a five-part series. And we're talking about this title here, Because of You, because of you, Stuttgart Harvest Church was started, and because of you and what God is doing in your life, then you're inviting your friends and you're sharing with them the same hope that God is in the process of giving you. Because of you, their lives are beginning to change. So many things are happening. This morning we're talking about something specific related to this, though, because um, I, some things that I have learned from a guy named Robert Morris out of Texas, a pastor out of Texas, and just helping me understand how God wants to take a very specific principle and apply that to your life, and apply that to my life as we let him, as we allow him to do that, and he can do some amazing things. Usually, we give you some very specific next steps. We say, consider taking this step this week, and we suggest that at the very end of this teaching time, but this morning it's going to be a little bit different. We're not going to suggest you take a specific step. Instead, we're going to suggest that you take the principle that we talk about today, and you take that, have a conversation with God, and you take the step that he suggests you take. So this morning we're going to have hundreds of people here today, and that means that we could have hundreds of different specific applications to what we're talking about. It's going to be very specifically between you and God, how this plays out and what happens with the information that we talk about today. I know about me and my life, so let me start out by telling you about me. I like to have control in my life, the things that I'm involved in. I like to know what's going to happen. I like to kind of help shape it and help make it happen so it can go in the directions I want it to go, so I can do the things that I want to do. It can turn out the way I want it to turn out as best I can plan that. So I like to have a plan. I like to understand what's going on so I can do things kind of the way I want to do them, the timing I want them done, and the way I want them done. You are probably similar to that. Most people aren't gifted with the ability to fly by the seat of their pants. I know a few people who can, and there's some of you here today who can, and I know you. Most of us, on the other hand, like to have a very specific plan. We like to be in control of that plan. So, and whether it's in a relationship, or whether it deals with money, or whether it deals with uh, just the concept of love, we like to have a plan, and we want to understand that. If I were to ask you this question, do you want to have a better life? Most of us this morning would say, yes, I would like to have a better life. Maybe your life is not horrible, but you say, yeah, this is not bad, but sure, it could be better. I would like a better life. Most of us, if we said, would you like a better handle on your finances, you would say, yes. I would like a better handle on my finances. There could be some improvements in my financial life. If we said, would you like a better career, and maybe not even changing jobs, but a better experience within your career, you might say, yeah, yeah, I, even that could be better in my life. If we said, do you want better relationships, we're not asking you to trade in your husband. We're saying you, God could take that relationship, and he, yes, he could make that better. And even if you're in relationship with your children, could there be improvement there? Most of you would say yes. 
Yes, a lot. We give me lots of help there. If we said, do you want a better life? Most of us would say, yes, I want things to be better. Well, we do have the ability to make some changes, don't we? There are some things that we know. If, we, if I would do this today, it would be a little bit better. So we can add some things to those relationships or our career or our finances. We can add some things. We can add some things in, in between your relationship with you and your child or you and a husband, you and a wife, you and a friend, you and a boss. We can add some things to make it a little bit better. The thing is, though, for most of us, is that we know we can add something to it to make it a little bit better, but we don't. We know we could add to it, but we don't. And generally, what we do instead is we subtract. So we take a relationship with a coworker or with our boss, and instead of making it better, we usually make it worse. We take something away from it. We subtract, or, or worse yet, we kind of break it and we divide it. We we add, we put division in there. So with the mathematics of life, we have a handle on addition. We can add things to life, but we just don't do it, usually. And we, we have a better handle on subtraction because usually we make things worse. Or we completely sever it and we divide it, so we have a handle on division. But we don't seem to have a handle on the topic of today. And today's topic is multiplication. We can try and try and try, but in our lives, we just don't have the ability to multiply God's blessings in our lives. It's out of our hands. It's out of our control. We could add some things, but we usually don't. We can subtract, that's what we usually do, or divide, division, we're pretty good at that. But we just cannot figure out this multiplication thing. In life, it, it kind of seems to be a God thing. So today, we're going to look at a couple of principles about God's multiplication, that if we were to apply that in our lives, we could allow God to do something that only he seems to be able to do. And that's to multiply. So to do this, we're going to be looking at this story, true story, told by a man named Luke, who wrote down this encounter that Jesus had with a lot of people. Let me give you a little background on this before we jump into the Word. So Jesus, honestly, some tough things had happened. So let me just remind you, as we talk about this topic, as we talked last week, we're not talking about Jesus saying that your life, when, if you choose to follow Him, your life is going to be full of prosperity. That you're going to get everything you want, that you're going to be wealthy, healthy, that you're Life is going to be up and to the right on the, the scale of life. That's not what we're saying. Because in this moment, Jesus was having kind of a tough time himself. And this is Jesus. This is God. And so if God is having a tough time, what do you think that means about us who are much weaker, who are much less? Probably we're going to experience some tough things too. Well, Jesus is coming off of kind of a tough thing. 
In fact, he kind of wanted a little bit of alone time. And so he tries to get some alone time, just him and the disciples. And it just, it just wasn't happening because the, the crowds were following. They were gathering. And then they saw him kind of slipping away. And he, Jesus went in a boat. They saw where he was going. And they began heading the other way, trying to cut him off. And <laughs> so Jesus just, instead of shaming them or trying to run away from them, Jesus just kind of says, okay. And he, and he takes the opportunity to begin teaching them. And in doing so, he teaches all day long. He teaches all day. And now we pick this up with Jesus and, and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Jesus had been teaching. And here's what happens. Luke chapter 9, verse 12. Yeah, I know you can't see it on, on your Bible if you brought your Bible, but if you use your smartphone app, you can get it. Or just look right here. It's going to be on the screen. So verse 12, chapter 9 of Luke. Late in the afternoon. So Jesus had gone on teaching all day long. Now late into the afternoon, the evening is approaching. Late in the afternoon, the twelve disciples came to him and they said, hey, listen, Jesus, send the crowds away to the nearby villages and the farms so they can find food and they can have lodging for the night because there's nothing to eat in this remote place. So I get in my mind kind of how this maybe is happening. So Jesus is over there teaching. And the disciples kind of slip away, and they come together, and they have this conversation. They're like, listen, guys, it's getting late, and I am starving. I am so hungry. Uh, listen, one of us has to go over there and ask Jesus to stop and send the people away so that we can go get something to eat. I mean, he's not going to do it for us because we're on staff. He's not going to do it for us, but if we tell him the people are hungry, then maybe... Maybe, because he loves the people a lot, so maybe he'll do it for them. So, who's going to go talk to him? And so, one of them draws the short straw and goes and has a conversation with Jesus. And so, I could just imagine maybe it goes like this. Um, Jesus, man, this, this has been a really good meeting today. Man, oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. You've really discussed some great things here. And I love how you've taken, Jesus, you've taken a five-week series and you've crammed it all into one extremely long day. You've really, but what a blessing. What a blessing. You're so good at this. I just love the way you did that. But anyway, uh, Jesus, we've been talking. We kind of got together, disciples. We, we talked about this. And I think we've come up with a plan. Um, you see, it's getting late, and the people, uh, you know, is, they've been here a long time, but, but thank you, it's been so good, what a blessing, so good, but I think they're probably hungry, so why don't you dismiss the meeting, and you can send them to town to go ahead and get some food so they can eat, and they can rest, and uh, man, what a blessing, you've done such a great job, Dave, what, what do you think? About that, Jesus. In verse 13, he says, But Jesus said, You feed them. Oh, okay, Jesus, that's not what I was wanting to hear. <laughs> um, okay, so he walks back over to the other disciples and, okay, what did Jesus say? Um, he said, You go feed them. Well, we, we can't hear you. What did Jesus say? He said, 
you go feed them. Really? <laughs> That's what he said. You go feed them. Um, with what? What are we going to feed them? I, I, I don't know what we're going to feed them. So, uh, l- listen, you guys, we just got to go out. Let's look for some food. Anything that's edible. If you see a mushroom, don't kick it over. Pick it up. Anything you can find, just kind of gather it up and let's meet back. And so they scour the crowds. They look around and they find five loaves of bread and two fish. And so they come back together and say, okay, what would you guys get? Nothing. Well, I, I found this. Five loaves and two fish. And it's, I mean, this is just enough for me, guys. So I don't know what y'all are going to do. This is enough for me. So, wait a minute. If we tell Jesus that this is all we found, then obviously he's going to send them to town because this isn't going to be enough at all. So let, let's let's go tell him and let's see if we can convince him to let him go because we couldn't find anything. So go back and talk to Jesus. So they tell him. The Bible says, but we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered. Jesus, this really, really it's been a great day. You're, you're doing good. You're doing a good job. You've been really Going at it, wonderful blessing. Mm, mm, mm. Um, but I think Jesus, um, I think because this is what we found, we're going to have to go with our original plan that we talked about. And so, if you would go ahead and just dismiss the crowd and end today's worship experience, let them go on into town. They can get in there and get something to eat, and they'll be okay. And we can probably get in there too before the lines get too long in the restaurants. And so, if You'll just do that and get them going on their way. That'd probably be good. Or, and then it says here, in the Bible it says, or are you expecting us to buy enough food for the whole crowd? Is that your plan? Because if that's your plan, Jesus, then we should have started in January saving money, and then we would have enough for 20,000 people probably around October if we didn't spend anything and we all worked and saved. So I'm not sure what you're going to do here, but I really think dismissing them is going to be the smart thing. Um, but it's been really good. I mean, you've done a great job. And what a, what a great blessing to have. What kind, if we want a problem, this is it. Too many people. Good job, Jesus. Good job. So what do you think? Verse 14, for there were about 5,000 men there, and that was not obviously counting the women and the children. That's just not how they did math. And so with today's math, you count the ladies and you count the children, probably close between 15, 20,000 people, huge crowd. For there were about 5,000 men there, Jesus replied, no, tell them to sit down in groups of about 50 each. So he goes back to talk to the disciples. Um, so what did Jesus say? Um, he told them to sit down in groups of 50. Um, has he worked with people before? Because I'm not sure he understands. Because if we tell them to sit down in groups of 50, this is going to be like 
trying to herd cockroaches when you turn the lights on. It's not going to go well. It'd be like trying to trap fleas. It's not, if we tell him, has he worked with, okay. Um, folks, we're going to ask you, please, quiet down, um, please would you get in groups of 50 each. And in verse 15, the Bible says, so all the people sat down. In verse 16, Jesus took five loaves, this is what they had found, five loaves and two fish, looked toward heaven and blessed them. And it, I know it sounds like as you read this that it's a blessing for the food, like we would say if your family gathered and you were going to have a time to bless the food before you eat, maybe. And I know it sounds like that in the Word, because that's our culture, but that's not what was happening here. In their culture, the head of the household, and in this case Jesus is making himself the head, the father over all these people, and he offers the traditional blessing that they offer. And we know what that is because Jewish homes today still offer this very same blessing. And so here's what Jesus said. He took the bread, raised it towards heaven, and he said, Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the world, who has caused bread to come forth from the earth. And is acknowledging, God, you are the blesser. I, I can't bless this. You are the blesser, God. You are the creator. I, I could add some things to life. I, I can't multiply. I can't bless it. God, you are the blesser. The only one who can do what I cannot do, God, that is you. You can take this life. You can take this bread. You can take this little life and you can multiply it. This morning, whatever, this first little key of multiplication, whatever in your life needs to be multiplied or you want to be multiplied, whether it's within a relationship or whether it's something more tangible, whatever it is in your life, if you want God to bless it, you have to take it and ask Him to get involved. And beyond just asking him to get involved, you have to take it, and really you have to give it to him. Whatever it is. You have to take it. You have been in control of it, and you have to give it to him. And let him get his hands on it. Let him be in control of it. doesn't matter whatever it is, whatever area in your life. Relationship between you and a husband or wife. You have to take your hands off of it and give it to him. You have to stop controlling it and give it to him to control you. Maybe you and your child, you have to give that relationship to him. Take your hands and let him control. You have to, whether it may be a situation at work, it may be something between you and your boss, it may be something just in work, your career in general. Or perhaps, may, it, this even applies to your finances. This applies to any area of your life, relationally or physically. You have to take it and give it to God and say, God, I need you involved here. And in order to do that, I need to give it to you. And they took the five loaves and the two fish and they gave it to Jesus. They gave it to him. You know, they had a choice to make. 
Uh, they could have all huddled over here in the corner, and, and, they, and in doing so, they could have said, hey, listen, hey guys, here's what we found. Quick, you take a look, you take a look. Let's take a quick snack, because this is all we found. This is it. This is all we have. So it's enough. Maybe we can all just kind of curb our appetite right here between us guys, and, and you know, we'll just go tell Jesus there's just wasn't enough. And God, we need you to be involved, but there's just wasn't enough. So we need your help. There just wasn't enough. We went ahead and had a snack. And it was good to say. A snack. It was good. But Jesus said, what enough? We need you to be involved. You can take whatever it is in life, wherever you're struggling, wherever you're hurting, and you can consume it. You can stay in control of whatever it is. You can stay. God gives you that. That right, that privilege, really, not a right, a privilege to just stay in control. You don't have to give it to him. And you can consume it, whatever it is. Control it, whatever it is. Keep it for yourself, whatever it is. Stay in control. He'll allow you to do that. But if you maintain control, if you keep control, if you consume it yourself, you have nothing to give him. And he has nothing to multiply. Now certainly God can create something out of nothing. But that's probably not what he's going to do. Because he's waiting on you to go ahead and let go of control and give him whatever the struggle, whatever the area where you want him to work, just He's waiting on you to give it because that's the act of faith. For you to keep it, control it, consume it, there's no faith in that at all. That's faith in yourself. And so God's probably not going to work. So in order for God to bless, to work, to move in whatever area of life you need Him to, He's waiting on you to give it to Him. Because it is God who can bless it when you give it to Him. And so here's what's happening. The guys gave Him what they had. Instead of consuming it for themselves, they gave it to Him. Instead of controlling it for themselves, they gave it to Him. If we hang on to it, we will never see it multiply. Why? Because at best, we can add a little bit to it. But more than likely, we won't even do that because we're not good at that. We're not even good at adding. We're good at subtracting, making it less, and we're good at dividing it, breaking it, tearing it, shredding it. We're good at division and subtraction. We're not really good at even adding, and we certainly will never see it multiply. Your talents, what God has blessed you with, you want to see it grow, give it back to God. Let Him bless it. Your relationships, give it back to God. Your finances, give up control, give it to God. Every single area of your life, if you want God involved, if you want God to bless it, to do what only He can do, you have to put it in his hands. Listen to what happened then. The, the verse continues. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, 
Sounds destructive, doesn't it? Listen to what happens. Breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept, he kept, he continued. He did not stop. He kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so that they could distribute it to the people. They gave it to him. He blessed it. And then he gave them something back with the direction, now take this and distribute it. Give it away. So they let, they let, they went to him, gave it to him. Their hands were empty. God, you have it. You have control of it. It's yours. I, I, I can't do what needs to be done here, so God, I put it in your hands. Then he gives them something back and says, now just don't keep it. Don't hoard it. Don't hang on to it. Distribute it. Whatever he gave them, he said, now, distribute it. Take it. And that's what they did. So they took it and they emptied their hands again. And they went back. And he filled them up again. They left. And it said he kept doing it. As long as they emptied themselves and distributed whatever it is he gave them, and they put it back out there, and they went back to Jesus, he filled them back up again, they took the load out, and they distributed it. They just kept doing it. Jesus kept filling them up, giving their, making their hands giving them something to distribute, and they went, and they just kept going back. Now, they had a choice to make. They could have stopped along the way, and they could have said, Jesus, I've been doing this all day. When is it my turn? I think I'm going to take a break. I'm just going to sit down over here. I'm going to take what you've given me, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take a break. It's, it's my turn. I want some. And they could have started eating some of the fish and some of the bread. They could have said, Jesus, I need a break. I've been serving and serving and serving. It's their turn to serve. Let them, let someone else go do it. I have done this enough. It's time for me to stop. Let somebody else do it. I'm going to take a break over here. And guess what? If they started consuming it themselves, if they started uh, deciding it was time for a break, their multiplication stopped. It stopped. Jesus was at that point done with them. They stopped it. They could have said, Jesus, look what I've got. Why does Peter have twice as much as I have? They could have started comparing what the others have and what they're doing. And God, why didn't you give me what you've given them? And the moment they stopped to start comparing, they stopped giving. They stopped taking it to the people and distributing. And they stopped the multiplication. It doesn't matter what area of your life you're needing God to show up. The first thing you have to do is give it to Him. Give it to Him. Let go of your control. 
give it to him. And let him do what he does. He can bless it. Sometimes in life we get so lonely, don't we? It can be so lonely. Showing up to a new place, a new experience. Just Sometimes you're lonely even when you're surrounded by people. And sometimes you can say, I just, God, I need some love in my life. And so maybe you get to the point where you say, okay, God, I can't do this. And you give it to God. You say, God, I, I just can't. I've tried. I've tried adding, I, I, but I just, I seem to subtract. I seem to divide and pray. I, I just, I haven't, God, I need you to multiply this because I, I need to be loved and to be accepted. So God, I've got to give this to you. Maybe you do. Maybe you do that. And he gives you something back. He begins this process of multiplication. gives you something back. And then you have a choice to make. Am I going to hang on to this for me? Consume this for me? Or am I going to do what God has asked me to do, and that is to now take what He gives me and distribute it and show love and compassion and grace and mercy and, yes, even forgiveness to people that don't deserve it. Yes, even forgiveness. And give that away. Because if I do, I can turn back to Jesus and say, Jesus, I, I, I gave it away. What you gave to me, I, I gave it away. I didn't spend it on myself. I, I didn't compare and say, why did they get more? I just simply did what you said. I took what you gave me, I gave it away. And you go back and guess what? He gives you more to give. Because he's designed you as a channel, as a conduit, not to be a stagnant pawn, not to hoard it for yourself, not to hang on to it and regain it. Here you go, God, you're getting something, and now control it again. He's handed it to you in your hands to pass on. This applies to every single area of your life. God's blessing, which has the power of multiplication, He can multiply the, the very love that you need in your life. He can give it to you multiplied if you'll give it away. The power of multiplication But if you stop, if at any moment you say, I- I've served too long, if at any moment you say, I've given enough, if at any moment you say, I need some for me, God, I, I need to hoard some of this for me, this love, this compassion, this grace, what you're doing, I- God, I- and at any moment we stop passing it, then we're no longer part of the multiplying of it. And God moves on to somebody else. 
And if at any moment we choose to regain control, to hang on, if you stop passing it, distributing, letting it flow from him to you to others, then you stop being a part. It's no time to stop. If God's busy multiplying, you just keep turning back to Him. And then you just keep doing what He asks you to do. Verse 17 says this, that they all ate, all, 20,000 people. They ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. God multiplied until he determined that need was met. Exhausted to the point that there were leftovers. He didn't stop. As long as they kept coming back to him, He did not stop until it was done. And then he went a little bit more. At the very end of this, God provided way more than they ever needed. Each disciple that was passing this out, that was distributing, went back and picked up an entire basket full. This morning... What is God asking you to place in his hands? What is it that you have been trying to control? And he's now saying, you need to lose control. You need to give it up. Give it to me. Let me. Let me get involved. Let me bless it. And then when I give you something else, now it's time for you to give it away. Distribute. Pass it. Become a conduit, not a consumer. A channel, not a dirty pond. Sometimes the very thing that we need, the very thing that we want, is the very thing that we need to distribute. I already told you about love. Sometimes we need love and acceptance so badly. And we look around and we say, I don't have any friends. Then maybe... It's time for you to distribute friendship. But here's what we say. But I want to be friends with that person. God, I need friends and I want it to be him or I want it to be her. But maybe God is saying, you just go be friend. Distribute it freely among those people who are needing Friends, distribute it freely. Give up control of saying, God, I want that relationship. Give up control. Give it away. Whatever he puts back in your hands, keep giving it away. And here's our bottom line for today. If it is to be multiplied, give it to Him. 
then do with it what he says. If it is to be multiplied in your life, you can apply this to any area of your life. You can apply this to your emotional life, your emotions. You can apply this to your relational resources, which are love and compassion and grace and mercy and encouragement and forgiveness. If it is to be multiplied in your life, then give it to him. And whatever he gives you, then do with it what he says. It applies to your, your financial life. It applies to your time, even the time within your life. This applies to that as well. You say, I, I, I don't know if I can give up control. Then you'll have to be content with just what you have. Because we really don't see God doing it much other way. If you hang on to it, you will always have just what you have. Maybe you can add to it a little bit, but more than likely you're going to subtract and you're going to divide it through conflict. If you want it to grow, if you want it to multiply, then you have to turn it loose and put it in His hands. I don't know what this morning he's placing on your heart. What he's asking you to give up control on. But if you will, then you're asking him to get involved and you're asking him to bless it. And then whatever he gives you, then you do with it what he asks. The moment we stop giving it, doing with it what he asks, it's the moment we stop being part of him multiplying it. And then God will move on and leave us to have control for ourselves. This is such a process of faith. It's a faith experience. And so often in our lives we are overwhelmed by the vastness of the need that we are feeling. And it is contrary to our intuition to give it to God because we lose control. And we have a tendency to belittle whatever it is and say, God, I just don't have enough. I don't have enough for me. How can I give it to you? I don't have enough of this in my life for me. And so we hoard our grace and we hoard the mercy and compassion and we spend it all on ourselves or consume it for ourselves and we never release it to God. And so what we have is what we have. But God says, I want you to go against against your nature and give it to me so I can be involved, I can bless it. Let go. We insist that God perform His multiplication, His miracle, His blessing without giving it to Him. We insist that He take it 
and bless it, but allow us to maintain control over it. But that just doesn't seem to be how God functions. And so this week, because of our bottom line, which says, if it is to be multiplied, give it to Him and then do with it whatever He says. So here's what we're asking you to do today. Ask God today. God, what do I need to hand over to you? What do I need to give you? What do I need to hand over to you, God? And then, will you do it? Ask Him, God, what do I need to give to you? I've had control. And I haven't been able to do much with it. What do I need to give to you? And then do it. If it is to be multiplied in your life, give it to Him. And then do with it whatever He says. Let's pray. Lord, too often, too often,